So AI has been around since the 80s, but really you didn't hear about it because you had to have such massive um, compute that the only people that could do it were large scale universities and massive companies, right? Like yeah. no one else could afford it. But now with the cost of compute being so much cheaper than what it used to be, it's becoming more readily available to more organizations and companies. The second thing we're seeing because compute's cheaper, we get better algorithms, which are actually able to be repurposed. Mm -hmm. So I think of them as just like our brains, we're starting to train algorithms or bots that instead of just doing science, it could be pivoted to do math. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money i've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early i've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy entrepreneurship and a successful mindset Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers. I have Jennifer Bonine with me and I'm very excited to talk to her. She's CEO of the AI App Store and the first female artificial intelligence platform tech CEO. She founded her first company at five years old and started an AI company in 2019 that she exited, get this, only a year later. Her last company, the AI App Store, latest company, the AI App Store is the only company of its kind successfully building AI-based solutions creating your virtual research assistance across your organization and social impact at its foundation. And so I want to unpack that with you. And so I want to welcome you to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. Well, I'm pretty pumped up because you just gave me kind of a run through about this platform that you guys have, and it is uh, extremely well thought out. And I'd like to kind of get pick your brain of um, starting there with how did you come up or I guess Kind of explain to me what RedRex is um, so that people listening can understand. And then the thought processes that went into the design part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you mentioned AI App Store and RedRex. So just to make sure people understand the difference. So our company is the AI App Store. As we get pinged by a lot of people saying, you know, we need something. We want to move into the AI space, but we're not sure. We're not sure what tech to use what's gonna work, if it'll work, those types of things. So one aspect of what we do is that we build these digital assistants, we call them, that are your virtual research assistants that could help you with everything from, you know, we're trying to produce a new vaccine and we wanna have research assistants in AI and ML that runs across large volumes of data and figures it out for us, gives us some insights. Or you could be a real retail company who's like, I just want to know sentiment analysis um, run across all my social platforms. So we could do anything in that space. And what we started to see was um, AI and ML was kind of confusing to people. And they yeah. didn't- Can you always... unpack that a little bit? Because it's, I think for, I know, ML is machine learning, right? Machine learning okay. versus artificial intelligence. So I always say just a basic way to think about those two terms is, 
artificial intelligence just means we're demonstrating intelligence not, that's not human intelligence. It's not you and I putting intelligence to something. It's a machine. It's something other than a human who has some form of intelligence, right? So that's artificial intelligence where we're manufacturing intelligence that's not from a human. And then machine learning is really just a field of mathematics. It's algorithms or um, formulas that people use to decide how to process information and data much larger than what our brains can process. So that's what the ML portion of it is. Normally what we're using is algorithms and machine learning that basically if you think about it is like a massive brain that just takes all of this information and data and can put together patterns that we don't see as humans because we can't process that much information, basically. Oh, there's a lot of information to process. I'm, I'm, I'm just got my wheels spinning. I'm like, man, that is sounds so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually what I get, honestly, most times. Um, and we didn't mention it, but that's why I started a children's book series on AI and ML. Really? So that, yeah, to teach kids. Because um, What's the, the name US, of that? It, it's, um, it's actually called, so we're building the, um, the name. It'll be kind of patterned off of on what you see for the Bernstein Bears, if anyone remembers that, where they go on adventures. So what is going to happen is there's going to be a lion and um, she is pink and she goes on adventures with her best friend named Bot. So um, it's going to be Bot and Gracie Gray is the name of the series. I have two children, one named Grace and one named Grayson, and I asked them to name our pink lion and they named it Gracie Gray. I so. like that. I like how they worked. They worked themselves right in there, but also came up with a great name. So that's <laughs> they did. Yeah. And and Bot and Gracie are best friends. And Bot teaches Gracie about what it's like to use machines to help you perform tasks and think of them going into a self-driving car. And they'll explain how that works when you go inside and what it looks like. Um, and then Gracie teaches Bot about humans. So it's kind of um, pairing us and getting us ready for the future of um, human machine teams where humans team with machines to perform tasks. So that touched on exactly what I wanted to get into uh, as you've kind of, you've perfectly led us into that conversation. So, um, you know, I think artificial intelligence scares a lot of people just because of the amount of like, uh, you know, the movie context and the replacement and Terminator and whatever else you want to say, right? Yeah. And so like, um, but I was listening to a podcast where Elon Musk was talking about it, because he's very, very in depth into critical thinking around it, because, you know, but he's, he mentioned, you know, they, that, you know, they're doing, I forget what it's called. Um, Neuralink, I think it's called, right? Yeah. Where he's, they're talking about connecting machines to the brain and that stuff. And he said, you're already connected. Because we all walk around with these phones, right? Yep. And we're already independent and connected. We just don't have it physically connected yet and those kinds yep. of things. And so like, where, where are some of the questions that you get as you start to bring these up at a, at a cocktail party or a, yeah. uh, <laughs> at a dinner? At a dinner, I'm sure you get pinged with questions about this a lot, like where people oh, are yeah. just a little bit scared. But how, how would you describe what you see coming in the near future and the long-term future? Yeah, it's, I mean, if we think about it, we've had industrial revolutions before, right? We all learned about them in history. So um, we moved into those revolutions and they always bring good stuff with it. But then there's some things that we have to think about critically as humans about 
how do we move into this next wave of technology and next industrial revolution? So for folks that aren't in the tech space, this we're actually in what is the fourth industrial revolution right now with AI and machine learning. And it's going to be a shift. We're going to see us shifting from um, knowledge workers, which is what we called it before becoming knowledge workers, um, to relationship-based workers. And so what that really means is, um, you mentioned before, you used to manage 110 people. Mm. The reality is that in the future, um, bots will perform, or algorithms, I call them bots because then they seem like my friend, I like Gracie Grace friend. <laughs> um, my friend bot would do some tasks that I don't have time to do. And the reality is work is getting so complex. Our lives are getting so complex. Very few of us end our day and go, oh, I got everything done. I have nothing left to do, right? So I think of these bots as becoming our virtual partners and research assistants who do a lot of things we don't have time to do, right? So scan through six articles and find the most critical facts and information if you're writing a book or if you're doing research, getting all the data from all these different samples, pulling it together and giving you the top three things you should look at and research instead of you having to do all of that. So that's really where we're headed, I see. Um, and people starting to manage bots or algorithms instead of just having to manage other people where you're looking to make sure that the data coming back is accurate. It's a give and take. Humans train machine learning to make sure it's trained correctly and that it doesn't have bias or isn't coming out inaccurately. But it's also the other way around where that's why Gracie Gray and Bot are such a nice team is we teach the machine when it gets it wrong, right? When it's off or it's, it's not taking into account things that we do really well as humans, like contextualized intelligence, um, like empathy. <laughs> bots don't have empathy. They just look at the data, right? But we've seen studies now where bots are doing a really good job predicting um, outcomes for doctors, when you look at patients' case history and you look at different data, a physician can only see so many patients in their life. A bot can run through more patients and patient data in one day than physicians can see in their entire life. So, so it's just I, that scalability that we're going to I think that the scary part for people is being replaced. Yeah. You, you agree? I mean, like, I understand. So I, I think that the same thing kind of probably happened in the industrial revolution as yeah. we turned to machines mm -hmm. and people said, oh, well, I, you know, I can't, I, I used to make all these widgets by hand and now I'm yeah. pumping out thousands of them with a machine, I'm getting replaced. And so I think um, for my audience, one of the things that maybe you could kind of help dig into is like, I, well, me in particular too, I have a seven and a nine-year-old. And I think about like what do, I, I try to teach them frameworks to think about things as opposed to the right and wrong answers of things. Yes. Right. Because yeah. that I feel like it makes them more fluid into what mm -hmm. I think is coming, but I don't know what's coming. Right. I just know that they're going to have to, if they can think for themselves, I think they'll always be okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Actually what's ironic is um, that we're seeing. So we were at the World Economic Forum last year, which gathers people from all over the world to talk about new tech and what's happening in the world, everything from climate change to what are we doing in terms of impact of financial markets and you know yeah. trends and technology, all of that stuff. And um, there was a study done, there's futurists that just look at the future, right? Like what's coming, what are we going to see? And to your point, what the study showed that we're seeing is 
is with any change, as you mentioned, just like when we had the industrial revolution, there is change, but there's only about 13% of jobs that will be replaced. 90% of jobs will be more what I talked about, either enhanced yeah. or augmented and right they get augmented or changed as i mentioned it's not so much about all these jobs going away it's about augmenting your ability to operate more optimally our world runs almost completely on tech and computers right now we are not creating enough people to do all of the jobs that we need so it's really about using the tech smartly to augment and enhance what i can do as a human in a new way but to your point, the skills I'm going to need is things like understanding soft skills, like empathy, like creativity, like being able to um, adapt. Change and adaptation will be really important skills. Communication and storytelling will be important. So when you see the top skills coming out when they do these studies and surveys, most of the skills are soft skills. They're not even hard technical skills. It's what you're talking about of can I think through a process critically? Can I use contextualized intelligence and relevance in different situations? So being a thinker and a learner is what's going to be really critical because we will have to continue to continually learn and evolve as the machines start to do things. But we have to use our brains to be smart enough to understand, did it do it right? Does that need to be tweaked? You know, how else could we do this differently? What does what does the data mean? Because if you've got all the data in the world, it's, we've we've got instant all we've got all the knowledge of the world in our hand right now. Oh yeah. And yeah. what we do with it is a different, you know, different story. I um I tend to think when I see things going like a certain way that it actually is where it creates opportunities, which is probably the way you see the world. Because being an entrepreneur, that's kind of yeah. in our in our blood. Um. So I th I'm just kind of thinking as you're talking through that about like learning to think and learning to have um, social, you know, social skills like empathy and those kinds of things and being a critical thinker. I, I'm just thinking about our school system that hasn't changed since the first industrial revolution. Right. And so I'm watching my kids where they're having to memorize and learn and do this stuff. Oh. And I'm just like, I don't talk to them about that stuff like at all. No. Nope. Like I only talk to them about like when they want answers to things, like how to think about getting the answer as opposed to here's the answer. You need to memorize it. Yeah. And so no. I see, I see opportunity there for success for young people. If we teach them those things, because what they're getting in the school system, I don't feel is that um, is any of that critical thinking or uh, it's a lot of fact memorization until you take the test and then you can forget about it. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing, right? Like I say that all the time with access, think about it, with access to technology. I mean, I, I get the, the process of learning how to spell words and memorize and stuff like that. I get the, you know, the thought process, but the reality is these kids now, they can look that stuff up, right? They have access to it. <laughs> my, like kids are on, it. my kids are on Alexa now, which is like, yeah. so oh, they yeah. just walk by and ask Alexa now voice wise. And I'm like, yep. Siri <laughs> you know, still miles behind because all it does is give you Wikipedia pages that have nothing to do with what you're asking it for. But other than that, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but Alexa, you know, they, they find those things. And so like I watch them consume stuff in a totally different way than I do. Like yeah. I, I feel like a complete dinosaur in the things that I had to go through. Like uh, I was explaining, um, I have these books from like 1900 
uh, that are they're called the the world the the book of the world's knowledge, and they're like basically like a <laughs> like all the world's knowledge, and then there's like 24 you know different ver uh, you know uh, versions of the book, um, and I, and I think about that and like you used to have to seek people that knew things in whatever field you needed. And now like between like YouTube and Google and everything else, like I can become a master at plumbing in like two hours. Like if I want to, you know what I mean? I can fix piping or do whatever I want to do. And so I think about with them, I find it amazing. It's normal to them. Yeah. No, right. So where, what normal. can they do? You know, I think I try to think about like, what can they do if, they're like I'm I think a lot of adults are learning like abundance um thinking and, and yeah. having a great mindset and I feel like a lot of people get unlocked to that and they're like oh yeah. wow like and they see a lot of success from it my kid I don't know what's after abundance but I feel like that's where my kids are gonna be learning and so I, I, I want to get your thoughts on that yeah no that's um and we have to help them with that right because they can get really stuck if you don't if you're not exposed to some of these other um practices and things that that students need to learn now about problem solving and creativity and thinking outside the box. If they're just being shoved into these little boxes of, you know, learn these six things, memorize these six things, they're going to have a different outcome. So a lot of this is about training on mindset for there's 27, I think it is, or more different types of intelligence. And in our schools, we actually only teach four different wow. types of intelligence. So to your point, there's way more types of intelligence that a human brain has. And we know that, but our schools really only tap into a fraction of the types of intelligence. And this is also why we've seen historically really creative, um, innovative, forward-thinking individuals never finishing college, never finishing their degrees, because that type of learning isn't untapping all of these creativity, right? We just look at Microsoft as an example. I think it was the operating system was put together as a class project and he got a C on it and we all run on it today, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, really? I've got, I've, got I've, I've got 12 hours left and I left. <laughs> I'm almost so mad at me. <laughs> but, you know, I don't use anything that I, it was no. boring. It all could get out for me, you know? Yeah, uh, and that's, it, that's the problem. Right. Yeah. Like schools yeah. are going to have to evolve. I, I read an article today that said education tech and ed tech could needs to transform schools need to transform. Like you said, our kids are learning in a way that isn't conducive to the new technologies that are coming out that they need to be aware of and how to think and how to react. I mean, one of the things now is more experiential learning where instead of just memorizing, you're put in a group with other kids and you have to do a project, right? Like it's all about engagement, interaction, communication, structure, working well with others, all those things that are going to serve them well Life later skills, on. right? Yeah, and seeing how that goes for them. So those types of things need to be introduced um, more into the learning space and adapting much faster than what we're seeing today for students. So, so how far away, so I'm gonna throw a monkey wrench in the AI piece, right? So like, I think of like mini chat for like my Facebook messenger chats and all those <laughs> kind of things, right? Like, it's like, you know, we're confronted with like really smart technology. Mm -hmm but I don't think it's in the consumer side a lot of times that we see. I think it's a lot of running behind like data analysis, but I don't see it in the application side to the everyday person a lot of times. You know, yeah. you know I, mean? I, think, I feel like there's a disconnect still there where it's like, you know, 
uh well it, the same thing like siri on my iphone right like yeah. every time i ask siri something i it just something i'm not looking for at all the only thing i use it for now is setting timers yeah. but and then I, but i see uh, when i talk with alexa or i could do google voice mm-hmm. it's a totally different experience and so i'm wondering how far we are from taking ai out of the future is coming bucket to where we really feel it in that day-to-day like we start to apply it in the smaller person not just in these giant data sets right yeah yep and i think we're going to see more of that so what's coming to your point um that's still it runs on the back end but um what's a really emerging space is voice so the voice as you mentioned where we can request things and it comes back and it's using all of that power behind it with the ai that we don't see Um, There's also a lot of it built in already. We just don't realize it's there around surveillance um, in our streets on companies that are assessing you to get a loan or a house or jobs. Um, A lot of companies are trying to be really mindful and hopefully are mindful in how they're utilizing it because we hear the stories about when it goes wrong, right? So um, the way you train it's important. Right. So if it has an inherent bias, there was an AI that was running to help one of the largest tech companies in the world um, scan resumes and select people to get interviewed. Well, they were selecting only male candidates because AI is a pattern. Right. Yeah. So because male candidates had been what they'd selected in the past, that was the pattern the AI learned and they weren't selecting diverse candidates. Right. So this is where humans come in. Yeah. So I think we're getting closer. Um, the, the product we built, the new platform we built, we're building it in um, as virtual assistance for people when they're going through the platform so that people start to see it a little bit more, but aren't afraid of it, where it helps you schedule meetings you need where it helps you know where someone is right on the platform, where it helps you with understanding patterns of your usage. Like, you know, kind of like we saw even with our phones, they started to tell us you've been on your phone for X number of hours per week or whatever. And your utilization is trending like this. Every Sunday afternoon, I'm like, oh, every Sunday afternoon is just like, wow, I I just feel bad now. Like I'm, I got to put this thing away, you know? Exactly though. But it gives us data, right? To make decisions where we're like, well, like my Apple watch, I mean, it challenges me to stand up and it challenges me to get, you know, and and I do watch it. it, it, Yeah. And I see that things in the, so I know you kind of, and when we first started talking on this, you, you were talking about that people come to you to apply to do AI. And I'm wondering like, are we getting closer to, the small business being able to do that right yeah. like is it is it is it gonna be because when i think about it a lot of times i think about like you got to be pretty big projects and pretty expensive and those kinds of things but i also think that used to be websites yeah. right and so i i think about okay well if you were able to apply this and get in front of it, it becomes opportunity so if you were able to apply it and build it in so i have a like a, so like an insurance company, you get different kind of rates depending on a, a, a matrix, right? And is mm-hmm. it is it applicable? When does that become not cost barrier piece to be able to build something that could just give pricing back like a salesman could? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's happening right now. So the two things that are changing this for the average consumer in the smaller business was um, what used to be prohibitive in this space was the cost of compute. Yeah, so, that's what I, that's what I think I see that as a wall, you know, yep. 
Yep. And the cost of compute. So AI has been around since the eighties, but really you didn't hear about it because you had to have such massive um, compute that the only people that could do it were large scale universities and massive companies, right? Like no one else could afford it. But now with the cost of compute being so much cheaper than what it used to be, it's becoming more readily available to more organizations and companies. The second thing we're seeing because compute's cheaper, we get better algorithms, which are actually able to be repurposed. Mm -hmm. So I think of them as just like our brains, we're starting to train algorithms or bots that instead of just doing science, it could be pivoted to do math, or it could be pivoted to do English, or it could be pivoted to do something else. So just call math, English, and science. Now insurance algorithms, algorithms for banking, algorithms for retail, you can pivot it. So instead of re-completely building, you just make slight tweaks and it just pivots a little bit. And then there's reuse in that. So as we get to that, which we are, you're going to see more small businesses, instead of having to build from the ground up, they are going to be able to take pre-existing algorithms and pivot them to their business. And so just like websites, it'll yeah, be like everyone Wix. Has I think about like, like, yeah, I think about like Wix or like Squarespace yeah. or one of those guys where now yeah. it used to be super prohibited because you had to write all the code to write a website. Yeah. And now it's like drop and drag and plug in what you need and go like as a platform, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's what um, we built too, is the concept of, we just don't know what we don't know. So people come to us and say, Jennifer, here's the three problems I have for my organization or the types of things I wanna do. And we treat it like building your custom car, right? So you basically say, here's the problems I have, here's what I'd like to try and solve. And that spits out for us, we call it the periodic table of AI, all the tech that you need to actually do that today, how much it is to be able to plug those components in. And then you've built your new AI engine that you can run on for your business. And that's what you're doing with the AI app store. Yeah. That's That's, the whole idea. Yeah. Because it's it's like, I think about like the, the accessibility. Well, that's a perfect example is building websites, right? Like when I think about that, like it was super scary, super techie. No one wanted to really understand what it was. And everybody who was doing it wanted to explain it back to you so that you yeah. didn't understand what it was either because then it got way more expensive, right? <laughs> and like, so I think of like yeah. SEO. Like I, when I start talking about SEO, people just glaze over. They want nothing to do with it. And I'm like, if you just knew the language, you'd be like, this is really simple. You know, it's kind of thing. And so I think about like kind of the, the accessibility to being on that forefront because if you were willing to push past that and build the website and become, you know, to get your digital real estate where that came in in the future, as it became more mainstream, you were already there and benefited from it. So I'm wondering like if the AI side of it, if you see a similarity there where where we're at, is it a breaking point or not a breaking point, I guess more of a capitulation point or something. I don't know how to say it, but um, where you're going to start seeing this flooding into the general entrepreneurs, like out of the Googles and into the, you know, Bob's warehouse Mm -hmm. type of thing. I absolutely do. That's, I think it's just accessibility to your point. Like people just don't know what they don't know and they don't know where to start. And it can get very overwhelming when you try and figure it out right now, which is why we created this system to make it widgets. They're just widgets to us. So we start with what problem are you trying to solve? Just like if you want to go buy a car, if you live in a place where it snows part of the year, we don't want you with, you know, a front wheel drive convertible that you can't use 90% (laughs) of the time and won't perform. Right. So we just make it easy like that to say, what are the problems you're facing as a business that you need help with? And then here's the tech that does that. And 
more often than not, what also is confusing people today is if you have a problem you want to solve, we have a lot of what's called narrow AI, which just means it performs single functions or tasks. Yeah. So think of it as a bot that only picks up a widget and moves it next door. That's all it can do, right? It doesn't pick it up, turn it around, determine the size, put it into the right slot, and then move it on to the next step. And then so doesn't, it doesn't judge me. <laughs> no, nope. it can't yet. Like it's not there. On TV, we've got all that stuff, right? But we're we're not there yet. So that's generalized AI is what we see most in movies and things like that, where it has the ability to perform multi-step functions, yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. Those little Boston dynamic dogs scare the crap out of me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I see. But I, I, I but I love the fact that like you, you know. It's taking it and realizing, because I think that there's probably a, uh, I don't know if a fear is the right way to say it, but um, there's a hesitancy from people to to look at AI as an option mm-hmm. because of that wall of like, I just don't get it, right? Yeah. Because it's been super complicated. You mentioned like it's been around since the eighties, like yeah, that it, it's, it's, it seems, and even to me, like I would consider myself a tech technology type of person but it still sounds it's still that forefront is very um very daunting to me you know yeah. to think that it could be brought to a single type of task or brought to a simple piece i think you have such an open niche in the market of being the communicator between the two that yeah. i think it's a fantastic thing that you're doing because it could be super beneficial but it's a lot of times like if i'm between an an, an seo person and a design person like my main skill set was just speaking the language to both of them yeah. because they don't talk to you. They don't under, yeah, yeah. You just got to be that bridge between them. And so mm-hmm. I see what yeah. you guys are doing with being the kind of the bridge to being able to apply the AI as a, as a wide open uh, needed necessary piece of the market right now. That's really cool. Yeah. We, we do that a lot. We translate. And that's why, honestly, that's what led us to the children's book series. Cause we said, well, if the parents read it to their kids, the kids will get it. And then the parents through osmosis are going to understand <laughs> how to are not yeah. be scared of AI and what it can actually do. Cause we're going to do simple things to start out with. Like someone on the playground tells Gracie Gray that um, she's different and different is bad because she's pink and no one else is pink. Yeah. And so the first thing that does is takes her into the internet to search all what different means to get yeah. the different meanings of different because we all have it right where our mom tells us no it's okay you're good difference wonderful you're amazing and she doesn't believe it and then she searches and comes back with that same answer but she's like now i know that's true but bot helps her see that right yeah how you get the answer through using artificial intelligence and machine learning and yeah. we build off of it so and, it's and, not- and i think with children though that's the same thing i want to talk about when i want to talk about money and entrepreneurship like that's yeah. I, they don't they don't have the the misconceptions that they can't do something yet, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, and so to introduce that early is fantastic, I think, because, you know, I, like I had explained TV to my, my son two years ago <laughs> and I felt like such a dinosaur because he was so yeah. used to watching Netflix that yeah. I was like, we were in a hotel and we're watching TV and I literally had to explain it to him. And he was just looking at me like, why would you do this? You know, yeah, and I'm like, no sense. because we didn't have that. I get it. It's way better for you, but like <laughs> yeah. the world still <laughs> operates this way, you know? And, yeah. uh, and like, you know, I think about like, if you ever look at like browsers and those kind of things, like the emblems we use, our kids have yeah. never seen them like a rotary, like a phone or like a save, oh, yeah. bu- uh, like the save buttons, a floppy disk. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they don't know that that was a, a thing. 
no. <laughs> you know? And so I see that being able to introduce these things that they're not scary concepts to them, like yeah. AI isn't a scary concept to them, then they'll be, they'll look at it differently. And I, yeah. I get that. That's really cool. Yeah. And they'll use it differently. And through osmosis, the kids teach us a lot of things. And so, oh, I learned, yeah, I've learned so yeah. much from this, just having this podcast and talking to people like you about how to think and talk with my kids that they spark conversations to me now that like open up my eyes. And it's amazing. I feel like I learn from them all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's so good, right? For all yeah. of us. But it's, it, I mean, you think about this to me was a really interesting concept. If you think about just kids and like where we all grow up in the phases of where the world is when you're a child. So when you were little, at least I had this, my parents would say, don't get in a car with a stranger. Don't hitchhike. <laughs> don't let strangers into our house, right? Don't do all these things. Yeah. And now think about all that really changed. So if you think about AI and data, all that changes, we got apps. And then with those apps, there's data, right? Yeah. That we trust that says, I am getting into an Uber or Lyft, but it's been vetted somehow. And even though it's a stranger that I'm getting in their car, it's safe, it's good, let's do it, right? <laughs> and then Airbnb or staying in people's homes that aren't our homes, we're like, oh, but I have an app and it says it's safe <laughs> and I'm paying this money and I'm gonna go stay in a stranger's home. Yeah. So that's all that really changed, but that completely shifted our mindset on the don't get in the car with strangers, don't let strangers in the house, don't hitchhike, like all that stuff. Now we're, it's a different world and it's going to be the same way for kids, right? Like you yeah. said, with money, like you just have to shift those concepts so that they see it because they're going to have opportunities that we didn't have because of technology that they have access to, to be more open-minded about how to use all of that more efficiently. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things like I see, like I was kind of talking about earlier, like, there's a lot of people I talk to their coaches. And the first thing that I always have to work on is mindset with their with their, mm -hmm. um, their people. And it's like, you know, I talked to a guy who was a reinvention specialist, right? And so he was helping people reinvent themselves oh. and relook at the world differently, because I'm a huge paradigm person, because that's what mm -hmm. you're talking about, right? Yeah. And so, um, but I think about, I asked him this, I said, well, what if you didn't have to reinvent somebody? What if you just gave them the right stuff from the beginning? What, mm -hmm. what is their, what does their 30 or 40 look like mm -hmm. if they got the reinvention piece at five and 10 and 15, mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I think that uh, that's kind of what the concept of what you're talking about is that like, if we can introduce these things early enough, mm -hmm. they'll be the ones to be able to take advantage of it which in our world, the better and more value and the more that you can process things, the more valuable you become. And so you can have that success, right? Is that my yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. I, um, I just wanted to, I'm thinking through my own head at that point, but like, <laughs> I, uh, but Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on uh, Money Talkers with me. Um, I feel like I could talk to you about this for hours. Um, <laughs> but so if, uh, if people are listening and they want to find out more about what you do, who should come find you and where do they find out about what you guys are doing? Yeah, we're doing a lot of stuff. We didn't even scratch the surface on social impact for schools and students that are struggling with distance, adults who are struggling with distance. Yeah, we might have that. to do another episode because I, I feel like we could <laughs> yeah. start unpacking some of that stuff. It'd be great. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so our platform is um, at redrex.com. So R-E-D-R-E-X. It's literally a red T-Rex is the logo. You can tell from my hat. We like animals. 
Um, they resonate with a lot of people, kids, adults, everyone intergenerationally. So redrex.com, I have my own website at jenbonine.com. So J-E-N-N-B-O-N-I-N-E.com. You can find us there. That's where the information on the children's books, that stuff will be there. The platform will be at Redrex. I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you can find me as just Jennifer Bonine too, but we're happy to talk, chat, do anything folks need to learn more about this. I'm very passionate because um, this technology we're building right now will touch all of our lives, whether we realize it or not today. So being an active participant and starting to educate yourself, um, no one should be sitting back going, I don't want to learn because if you don't, there's, you're giving away the keys, so to speak, to this technology that will actually drive decisions on every facet of our life pretty soon around homes, um, what we get for credit lines, our cars, you know, access to any of the things we all want access to. So I encourage people to take an active role in that. I do too, because those that take the step to learn and go do those things are the ones that are going to create the opportunities. And mm -hmm. I would absolutely encourage you to do that if you, with your kids, mm -hmm. because if you don't learn something, if you don't know something, go learn it with them. Like that's one of the greatest things you can do. That's what they want. They want the participation, you know, and, and from us. And so I, uh, I definitely would encourage that too. And so thank you so much for coming on uh, Money Talkers with me. We'll put some links in the show notes as well uh, to those uh, recommended links. And so uh, I want to thank you again for coming on and what you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.